40 people. Um, can you believe it's already the end of February? I don't know what's going on. Um, okay, I'm not going to fully delve into the Ariana DeBose thing, but I just, because, like, I get it. Like, people keep talking about it being camp or whatever, whether it was intentionally camp or not. If you haven't seen it, Ariana DeBose hosted the BAFTAs, Oscar winner Ariana DeBose, hosted the BAFTAs, which was kind of confusing to me because she's not British, is, is she? Like, anyway, and she did this, like, rap thing about all of the women nominated, and, like, people keep making fun of it and being like, Angela Bassett did the thing, because that's what she says at one point. And then she goes, Viola Davis, my woman king. And she puts, like, a, like a little hand crown on her head. But the thing that gets me is that this is, like, an Oscar winner. Like, she was in Hamilton. She was on Broadway. She was out of breath for so much of the performance, and I can't understand why. Like, every time I see a clip, it gives me secondhand anxiety, and then I get upset that she's so out of breath. Like... I, I just don't understand. So, like, I'm not going to fully delve into it because I don't know that there's much to say. And she, like, literally, um, like, deactivated her Twitter because people were, like... Which, like, listen, people, people have deactivated their Twitters or not deactivated their Twitters for so much more. But if she was getting too much and it was overwhelming, I understand that. You can also just delete the app off your phone and, like, you know, release yourself from that prison. But, um... I did see people who were like, we're definitely going to get like a notes app statement about this. I hope not. She commented on Evan Katz's post about it. Um, so she's aware of like what's going on, but it seems like she's capable of like making a little bit of a joke about it. Just like not overwhelming, which I can respect. Um, I just don't know that it's funny because it makes me so uncomfortable every time I listen to it. And I know Angela Bassett is like, what did I do to deserve all of this? Sometimes I remember that she's on that show 911 and it makes me sad. Now, you know that I've watched it because it's propaganda, but I'm just saying, I just feel like she's better than that. Um, anyway, moving on, what else is going on? Rebel Wilson got engaged at Disneyland and it's like SpawnCon for both Disneyland and Tiffany's. Like, it was like Spawn, like, they definitely got free rings and then she like thanked Bob Iger, the president of Disney. <laughs> It's so horrifying and hilarious, both at the same time. And her caption also said, we said yes, which I assume means they, like, said yes to the checks clearing, because I don't think you can simultaneously say yes. Like, don't get me wrong, I haven't gotten engaged, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure you can't both say, will you marry me, and you both say yes. Someone has to do the asking. Um, but you know that two women getting engaged at Disneyland is exactly what the woke mob wants to tarnish a family place with two lesbians who love each other kissing in front of my children. When will it end? Where are we? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it'd be funny to pretend to be one of them, but it's actually kind of bleak and you can't really be that funny because it comes across as hateful. It's like not even a good joke. But I'm sure that the Facebook moms were thrilled that they had something to be mad at because I don't think Rihanna really gave them that much, did she? I feel like... I mean, like, do I spend a lot of my time listening to that Rude Boy remix the whole week after the Super Bowl? Yes. But there's something very funny knowing that there wasn't really anything for the Facebook moms to complain about. Like, she wasn't overtly sexy. She didn't smoke a joint like Snoop Dogg. She didn't make them scared of the blacks like Beyonce. She just came out, sang, had some dancers crush it, floated into the air, and was out of there. Shine bright like a diamond. But I know those trigger fingers were twitching by the end. They were like, what? Maybe that one time she grabbed her butt, but like, that's just not enough for a full post. Um, 
well, I guess she's having she's having a baby out of wedlock, isn't she? That's scandalous. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Anyway, that's a separate conversation. Um, if you had a family member or a distant relative post about her performance on Facebook, I'm literally begging you to send it to me because I do need to see the levels of which people were willing to reach to criticize her performance. And I also don't understand what they want the Super Bowl halftime show to be at this point. Like, if everyone is going to get criticized, they want, like, Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith singing, like, the Christian oldies from the 90s. Like, if y'all don't get some common sense. Um, okay, so what are we going to talk about today other than all the things that I'm rambling about right now? The Oscars are getting a crisis team post Will Smith, which is so funny. I want to talk about the Mean Girls stars not being compensated appropriately. I don't really know if I'm going to fully discuss this, but like Kelly Ripa is still hosting this show and Ryan Seacrest is leaving and they're replacing him with her husband. But I just don't understand why she can't host the show alone. Like, is their banter that important? Um, They're going back to filming Rust, so we're going to discuss that. Um, I want to talk about Grey's Anatomy because Ellen Pompeo is leaving. And, um, yeah, and I want to discuss that. And I also want to talk about the fact that HBO keeps getting rid of these shows. What I'm not going to talk about is Chloe of Chloe and Hallie doing a song with Chris Brown. No, I haven't been able to process it. Yes, I agree with the tweet that said that after they stopped making music together, the quality of one's music did decrease. And I'm just really happy that I wasn't the only one who felt that way. Because this is disappointing. There's just a lot of more talented men out there who don't have consistent allegations. And for that man to be like, I was a kid, it happened one time. Like, sir, you have a history of abuse. Get out of here. Did y'all see that he also, like, posted something on his story, like, applauding Rihanna? Stay away from her. Stay away from her. All right. Ooh, I got to reset. Let's catch up. So the Academy Awards have gotten a crisis team, which feels like every like Fortune 500 company getting a DEI executive in June of 2020. <laughs> I It's very reactive and I have no idea what these people are doing and if their job is going to make any impact. But the CEO of the Academy Awards is trying to, you know, revamp the moment because, um, you know, the ratings have been low, for one. Obviously, the slap happened last year, which despite the fact that the ratings were low, the slap probably got them the most attention they've gotten in a while. Um, But they also have the Andrea Riseborough thing that we discussed that it seemed like there was like a full-fledged like campaign to get her nominated um, the Viola Davis and my woman King, <laughs> bless her heart, Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler, neither one of them got nominated for the woman King until, um, which like Viola seems just like such an obvious choice. Like they're just actresses. We know like a Kate Blanchett or a Meryl Streep or whoever that like, if they are in a project, they will get nominated for an Oscar. And Viola Davis is very much in that category except she always gets boxed out and you have to ask yourself is it because she's black because it's not because she's not as talented as these people like she should be sitting in that echelon of women who constantly get nominated even if it's not their best work just out of respect so for her to not get nominated seems crazy Danielle Deadweiler I did not see till but people were very deeply moved by her performance she was nominated for a globe and people assumed that she would get nominated for an academy award as well it really didn't seem like the film did a lot of push which i know i talked about when i talked about the noms but anyway 
So we've got these like mounting kind of crises heading into the ceremony. The Riseboro of it all, no black actresses. And so on top of that, they have Jimmy Kimmel hosting, which is like fine, whatever. They can't really get anyone to host the Oscars because like it's kind of a bad job. Like you don't get paid that much. You don't get that much like time. I enjoyed Regina and Amy and Wanda doing it. I just didn't understand why all three of them were needed. But Jimmy Kimmel's back. He works for the networks. So, like, he didn't really have a choice. Um, and honestly, if they have a Moonlight La La Land situation, Jimmy Kimmel is who you want because he handled that very, very well. Um, but what I enjoy is that when they talk about the fact that the Academy Awards are a live show, they were talking about the ne- necessity of someone like a Jimmy Kimmel who, who can hold it down. But they also were like, we have a crisis team now. Um, we run scenarios. We have plans in place in case anything happens. And it's like, what? What does that mean? They have a crisis communications team. Um, they have, I mean, I can just imagine the like Google folder where all of these like typed out um, form letters are that are like, if someone gets slapped, here's a statement. This is how it'll be processed. If someone, if we have a Moonlight La La Land, this is the statement. This is how we process. Like I respect, respect preparedness, but I think it's interesting that the thing that gets people talking about the Academy Awards is something like a Moonlight La La Land or the slap. Otherwise people don't really pay attention to them anymore because no one even watches the movies anymore. So what they're preparing for is the hope that someone will speak about the show. Um, I have no idea what a crisis communications team for an award show looks like. I am curious to know if the crisis team for the Academy Awards is a full-time 12-month position. Um, But this year they are um, moving all of the technical awards back to the live show, which means it's inevitably going to be longer. The host will have even less time speaking And they also said that they're going to have fun live performances, which does just make me feel like I'm going to Disney on ice or something like that's also a fun live performance for a six year old. I don't know how fun things are going to be. I don't even know what musicals, maybe they'll do that not do not do song. I still haven't like really listened to that other than within the context of award shows. So maybe that'll be fun. But like why else would, um, what other like fun songs are there, you know? It's not like we don't talk about Bruno. It's not like that's having a moment. I don't know. Tune me into the Tonys, you know, when they, when I know for sure there's going to be good music and some talented people singing it. I heard some truly unhinged news that I honestly have to hope isn't true. Just have to hope it was a rumor I read on the internet. Um that all of the women in Mean Girls agreed to return to the musical version that they're producing and planning to air on Paramount+. Plus. Um, all of them, all four said, we'll do it, which is incredible, and we love that. Paramount Plus is truly insane and lowballing all of them. I know, I know, I was shocked. So I hope it's not true, I hope it's a rumor, but they were like, yeah, we're not gonna do this if you're not gonna pay us appropriately. I'm not sure who they think that they're speaking to. Like, yes, has Lacey Chabert, easy for me to say, made a career of Hallmark movies? Sure. Does that mean she won't bring any value? No, no. Has Lindsay taken a break from acting recently? Maybe, but she's still Lindsay Lohan. Don't you pay her whatever you can to get her back on screen for this film? And then you have Rachel McAdams and Amanda Seyfried, who are literally award-winning actresses since Mean Girls premiered. So I know you don't think you're paying them less than what they're worth. Like, 
I don't understand. I will be sad if they don't manage to figure this out, but Paramount Plus does not quite seem like they've got a lot of things figured out as of late. Not that I'm in the offices, but like they recently raised their prices. Who hasn't? But if you have the ad-free version, it bumped up to $11.99, but it includes Showtime now because that's a new merger because all of TV is becoming a monopoly. It'll be state television before we know it. I'm sorry, that was depressing... Anyway, we all know I've never had Showtime, so I'm starting to wonder if I should get this Paramount Plus Showtime bundle, she says, after she accuses everyone of monopolizing streaming services. Um, Similar to HBO, though, they're just axing some shows for, like, tax write-offs. And as many have been quick to point out on the internet, there's something particularly sad about a show just being erased from existence. It's not like you can get a DVD box set of a show that premiered in 2018, so once it's gone from whatever platform it lived on, It is just gone forever. And not just as a viewer, not just as someone who like might binge a show every once in a while. It's gone as someone who like worked on it, which that's really sad. If you worked on a project and then it existed on something like a Paramount Plus or an HBO or a Netflix and then they just took it off one day. First of all, what are you going to include on your like hinge? But also that's a that's a piece of your resume. It's very sad. Um, In some cases, it seems like we're getting a little lucky and having like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine Magnum PI situation where a network picks up a show in its 11th hour and saves it from complete oblivion. That happened with Minx, right? It went from HBO, HBO canceled it while they were still filming season two. And then I think Stars said, we'll take it, which is great. Some of them, it's not even a matter of the show is still being produced, right? It's like the show ended and the episodes were just living on a network but they are now being um, picked up potentially by some of the free shows or the free streaming networks which we'll talk about a little bit more Um, on HBO alone we have seen the impact of the Warner Brothers Discovery merger come after not just HBO originals like uh, 12 Dates of Christmas which might be for the best I don't know and F-Boy Island to Finding Magic Mike and a show that was literally called My Mom, Your Dad, which I did watch a couple episodes of, and unfortunately it wasn't terrible. It was better produced than MILF Manor, I'll tell you that much. Um, But they've also just axed some not original programming that I don't fully recognize, and I do hope that's due to them being for children and not me having a huge blind spot in my TV consumption. But the shows have names like Messy Ghost to Okido and Mia's Magic Playground, so I'm optimistic. (laughs) Um, Love Life and Gordita Chronicles, which were critically acclaimed, were also removed from HBO, and HBO's been trying to shop them around to these free streaming platforms, which they're called, the acronym is like FAST or something, and it's things like Tubi, and it's literally all the made-up words, Tubi, Freevee, Roku, I mean, we, we live in a Mad Lib. <laughs> um, shockingly, Legendary was also removed, from HBO after being canceled, which I don't know, I was just kind of surprised, but similar to like a Love Life or a Gordita Chronicles, it's interesting that they're being removed. Now, there are some um, political beliefs that align with these shows that people are rumored to believe that that is part of the reason that they are being axed. I will let you do your own research there. I'm not going to get into that, but... Um, there's some belief system about the kind of programming that Warner Brothers wants to continue to produce and the kind of programming that HBO has a history of producing, and those don't necessarily align. That's what I'll say about that. You can dig into that more. There's plenty of think pieces out there. I've read most of them. Um, but, you know, what I just said, the shows were Gordita Chronicles and Legendary. So, you know, 
run the um, Merritt Weaver joint will never be seen again. Y'all know I inexplicably love her. Um, so it makes me sad despite me not really understanding the show. And I'm not sure that I even finished the whole first season because I felt lost, which happens to me a lot during prestige TV. That's why I'm about to go start season three of Outer Banks once I'm done recording this. Um, anyway, the point of this rant and this story is was Mean Girls. <laughs> That's where this started, is that they are, aren't planning on paying the Mean Girls ladies enough, which is strange, because if they can't be compensated appropriately, who among us really can? And if you're not prioritizing getting Lindsay Lohan in the Mean Girls musical reboot, whatever, then, like, what are your priorities? I don't understand. Like, I just, I'm so confused. Like, I'm not trying to be hateful, but, like, we didn't ask for a Zoe 101 reboot, you know? I'm assuming it's on Paramount+. Plus. I'm not watching that. Like... I know we, oh, I could go on and on about the ending of that show and the fact that they apparently were also offered and pitched a Ned's Declassified reboot and they said no to that and they went with Zoe 101 instead. Um, but pay the Mean Girls girls. That's so obvious to me. My first question is a real quick one. Can Kelly Kelly Ripa not host this show on her own? I'm being serious. So it was Regis and Kathy Lee. And then Regis left because he was old, which is understandable. And then Kelly has a bunch of guest hosts and they decide to go with Michael Strahan. We can assume because they didn't want to be seen as racist. That was not a good decision. He barely lasted a moment on that show. Very little chemistry, didn't seem like good vibes. He had a bunch of other jobs. He went on to go do those jobs. Now he does GMA. He seems to be thriving. I saw him on the Upper West Side a couple months ago. Um, anyway, so Michael leaves. She goes through another spiel of guest hosts, you know, and then Ryan Seacrest shows up. Talk about a man with too many jobs. That man has been flying back and forth. He does New York um, for Live with Kelly and Ryan, and then he goes to L.A. for American Idol. Can you imagine, I mean, how much are they paying him to fly back out there? I know, I know it's not, he's not like flying like spirit coach. I know that. But the fact that like flying back and forth, the time difference, brutal. How much are they paying you to host a show that is so far away from its prime? If you still watch American Idol, please know that I'm not judging you. I love that for you. If you love it, I love it for you. But I am fascinated by you, I have to tell you. Mostly because the judges seem so, again, far away. I saw a tweet a while ago that was a picture of Simon, Randy, and Paula. And it just said, we used to be a real country. (laughs) And that's how I feel. (laughs) Like when those three were judging American Idol, nothing could go wrong. That's not true. I'm very well aware that a lot of things went wrong. But, you know, it just felt like a different time. And now they've got Katy Perry... Who, no shade, I love her relationship with, like, Orlando Bloom and Miranda Kerr and the fact that they were, like, photographed together recently. It seems like a really beautiful, like, blended family unit. And I love that for her because I don't think she's making any music. You've got Lionel Richie, who is a legend, but I would say he's at retirement age. I I think he's allowed to retire, right? 
you know, Nicole's out here making making clothes and doing TV shows. She can support her dad if she needs to, but I don't think she needs to because I'm sure that the the streaming revenue on Hello alone is is working. Um, and then you've got Luke Bryan, which is interesting because if the thing is like if Lionel Richie was on American Idol, he would have won, right? And if he wouldn't have won, maybe he would have had, like, a Fantasia Barino kind of moment, right? Where it's like, Fantasia won. Who are we kidding? What am I saying? No, she didn't, right? A Jennifer Hudson moment is a better a better comparison, right? A woman who did not win and went on to surpass the expectations of even winners. Um, but uh, Katy Perry maybe would have done pretty well on the show, right? Luke Bryan would not have – I don't even know if he would have made it to Hollywood. So how does he get to be the judge, you know? And I know that he's like a nice man and he adopted his son's children or whatever, and that's very nice of him. I really do appreciate that. That does not an American Idol judge make. Anyway, I'm talking about a different show. I'm talking about Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> Kelly and Ryan. So Ryan Seacrest is leaving live with Kelly and Ryan. That's the point of all of this before I got into the American Idol of it all. He's leaving. Um, I'm not sure what the exact reason was. I'm sure he's exhausted because, like, he's almost at retirement age, too. He's one of those people that I know this is inappropriate to say, and I shouldn't say it, and I should keep this thought to myself, but he's one of those people that worries me that when he finally stops working, he's just going to drop dead, you know? I, I know. I know. It's awful. It's a terrible thing to say, but if you work that much and you're so fully defined by all of the work that you do and you have so many jobs, when he finally decides to stop working one day, he will, he will pass. Um, sorry. Anyway, so he's leaving. The point, the thing, the question I was asking <laughs> five minutes ago was why can't she just host the, the show by herself? I, I don't understand why she has to have a, a co-host and I don't understand. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't really watch the show, right? Because she's not my favorite person in the world. I don't find her like that entertaining. I, I don't dislike her, right? It's a very neutral vibe. So like, I'm not trying to watch that. So like, does she have to have someone to banter with? Um, is it going to be weird for it to be her husband? Like, what if they're in a fight? Are they going to talk about their personal business all the time? Are they going to forget that the cameras are rolling? So her husband is replacing Ryan. If I didn't already say that, I just started talking about Mark Consuelos. He is no longer on Riverdale or maybe he is. I don't know. I stopped watching that show so long ago. Um, but where's Riverdale ending? I don't think Riverdale will ever end, which is sad for all of those actors because they're talented and they should be released, but it's hilarious for the rest of us. Um, you know what is ending though? Succession. Four seasons. That's a good run. Anyway, I'm all over the place right now, but I am just confused, like, why she has to have a co-host, why it has to be a man. Like, I know you're like, Megan, don't be like, I'm back on my woke mob BS, but just like, why, why can't, it would be so much more entertaining, no, if it wasn't just like a little girly and she was just having a little chat and they were catching up. Isn't the target audience probably, like, middle-aged women anyway? Well, as I said that, I realized that there are a lot of middle-aged women who hate other women. So they probably don't want to watch two women talk. They need a man. All right. Well, I think I answered my own question there, processing that. Thank you all so much for, for coming along that journey with me. It's a real bummer once I got to the answer, wasn't it? I don't know if I've ever answered my own question on this podcast the entire time that I've done this. Also... Also, this is my 99th episode of Let's Catch Up, which means the next episode is going to be a party. 100. We're really going to be popping off.
Um, I have to ask the question, why are we resuming the filming of this movie, Rust? Like, who needs it? Who needs it? Um, obviously, if you're not familiar, if you don't remember, uh, Rust is the movie that was in production in New Mexico when Alec Baldwin was handed a loaded gun, shot it, and killed the cinematographer on the film, um, Helena Hutchins. They also injured, uh, he also injured the director on the film, Joel Souza, um, and he survived. This was a year and a half ago, which is crazy um, in and of itself. But recently there have been some legal things like um, Alec Baldwin was charged in New Mexico with two counts of involuntary manslaughter and... um, they dropped like a firearm enhancement, but he does have the potential to spend 18 months in jail. They also charged the armor on set um, with something similar. And um, the family of Helena has um, pressed, uh, not pressed charges, filed lawsuits um, against Alec Baldwin and the production company and all these things. So apparently the... Um, husband of the cinematographer who was murdered has given his blessing and support i think he's in the industry i know it sounds really shady to say but i'm like he has given his like blessing for them to return back to this production um the new cinematographer that is stepping in her name is bianca klein and she is reportedly donating her salary to charity what charity we don't know um, is it going to be like every town for gun safety, you know, or is it just going to be some like random charity? They're also not going to be filming in New Mexico anymore. They're filming in Montana now, um, in some new location, which I also think is interesting because like, I understand the psychology behind it to some extent. It's like, you don't want to return to the literal scene of the crime, but also you're going to be surrounded by the same people. Some people are returning. Some people are not. Um, they, don't have an armorer yet or a props master which were the like people that were at some to some extent like responsible for this um and they won't be using working weapons moving forward so they don't need an ammunition supplier any longer which um seems important but also i just can't imagine that this won't be traumatizing for people back on set um i don't know it it also, they weren't, like, um, shooting when she was shot. It was, like, a rehearsal, which is even crazier. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I don't know what um, what the point is. I, I, like, I don't want to see this movie, you know? Um, and, like, is there wrongful death, death lawsuits and all these other things going on? Like, why? I don't know. Why would they continue to film this movie i understand that everything's a business and people have to make money but someone died and it seems very strange but if we learn anything new if we get any updates like what like can you imagine just seeing the trailer for this like watching a show and seeing the trailer for this you're just gonna be like that's that movie that alec baldwin killed someone on why would i go see that this isn't like don't worry darling drama you know that like everyone was so intrigued they were like i have to go see this and then we we were all like why is harry styles tap dancing on stage for way too long this is like literal life or death. So anyway, I'm I'm confused by it all and saddened by it, honestly, that they are like, will Alec Baldwin even be able to promote the film or will he be in jail?
to watch and pay attention to is what's going to happen to Grey's Anatomy. I'm genuinely quite curious. We all knew that Ellen Pompeo was leaving. She announced it. I'm always fascinated when people announce that they're going to leave during things like the 19th season when inevitably there would have been a 20th season, but maybe that's just me and my obsession with like a round number, and I appreciate that. Um, at this point, she has left, but she will definitely be back for like the finale as well as potentially like um, other interspersed episodes. She also is going to continue to narrate the show. Um, I did not watch her last episode, let's be honest. Some of the new cast members are familiar faces in terms of other programs, and they look intriguing, and I'm sure part of them is like, seriously, I just joined this TV stalwart, and the star is leaving. The same star that for years Shonda Rhimes said will end it when she wants us to, although they haven't officially heard the show is ending. I'm a little confused as to why they have all these new characters, but it doesn't look like any of them are um, that nurse Perez who literally told a racist to go back to his car during the COVID episodes and said hearts to Dr. Weber all with less than a minute of screen time. Like, give that man a storyline. Um, I'll be honest, like, so she's going to Boston, if you don't know. I don't really know all the ins and outs of, like, why I think that, like, Zola is a genius and so they have to go there. I don't know. I guess there are no good schools in Seattle. But, like, she's, like, meeting um, Jackson Avery out there, Jesse Williams' character who left last year. Also, I read something the other day, y'all, that part of the reason that he left Grey's Anatomy was so that he wouldn't have to pay as much in child support, which is bleak. Like, I mean, we don't really know that for sure, but what a terrible rumor to even have about you. Anyway, I hated every man that Meredith was, like, in love with after Derek died, um, which doesn't bode well for me and my empathy. But um, there was, like, some guy recently where, like, you know, she said, pick me, choose me, love me to Derek early on. And then the guy in this last episode, she was like, I'm not going to beg you to love me. It's like, wow, what a beautiful full circle moment where, you know, almost 20 years ago, you begged a man to love you. And now you have like more money and children. And so you're not begging him. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm a little confused, not confused, but it makes me sad, I guess, that when they do these things, they don't have the other former stars that are like, pivotal people in their life come back in any way shape or form other than that that like covid coma episode where they were all all those people were like yeah i'd love to work right now it's the middle of a pandemic but like karev and yang and all these people it's, they left the show and they clearly have no interest in just like coming back for a little blip to say you know goodbye to their friend um but that is kind of sad um Anyway, I'm just interested to see what happens next with the show because we haven't officially heard that it's ending. We've just heard that Meredith is leaving. Um, so how much longer will Grey's Anatomy last, I guess, is the ultimate question. Thanks for making it this far, friends. Now, I know I already gave a preview that this is episode 99 which means that in two weeks, the 100th episode of Let's Catch Up will air. And I will probably throw my phone out the window after that. Just call it a day. Um, I cannot believe that I will have, like, done 100 of these. What if I say all of this and, like, this whole platform gets removed and or, like, they make it illegal to make podcasts in the next two weeks? If they were going to make that illegal, they would have already done it, wouldn't they? Um, anyway, point being, I'm so excited 
to do it. I cannot believe that any of you have listened to all 99. I have to imagine that even those of you that are the most devoted have taken off an episode or two because, you know, I emotionally have taken off an episode or two. Um, Also, that's very exciting, but I have to say, sad news, I found out that Southside is being canceled. And I'm very sad. I was literally just watching it the other day, just doing a, you know, a rewatch to hold on tightly to my mental health until I'm, you know, my knuckles are white. And um, I thought to myself, some of my favorite and funniest shows get canceled after three seasons, but I feel like Southside will prevail. So I think it's my fault. (laughs) I think it quite literally was my fault. I had this thought and then like two days later, they were all gone. Um, Happy ending, single parents, and now Southside, but continue to rewatch and binge. It always gives me such a chuckle, but I am really bummed. Um, gonna end it on a positive note. Everything I see about the Wicked movie and that cast makes me want to die for them and get that movie released immediately into our lives. Will I go to the movie theater for it? I don't know. Only time will tell. XOXO. Thanks for catching up. Bye.